What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of DFS information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hovern. As always, I'm joined by the two J's, Joey and Jared. And gentlemen, week 14 is off to a fast start. We have several starters across the league who have already been announced out early in the week, leaving us with some cheap options and interesting choices to make. So, as we do every week, we're going to talk general slate strategy. We'll also go position by position and discuss all of our favorite plays for both cash games and GPPs. And finally, close out the show with some potentially tournament-winning GPP stacks. We also have an exclusive DraftKings contest to offer our listeners, which we will explain momentarily. But first, Joey, would you mind telling the people how they can support the podcast? You could support the podcast by following us on Twitter at the DFS Dose. You could follow us on Instagram as well at the DFS Dose, same handle on both platforms. And then you could subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe to our iTunes, both at the DFS Dose. All right, sounds good. So for our Twitter followers, we've got a contest to offer. Uh, Jared, do you want to describe that for the people? So we're going to tweet out the contest probably as soon as this releases. All you're going to have to do is follow us on Twitter and retweet the tweet. And then also sub to us on iTunes and then send us a screenshot of you doing so. And you will be entered into our uh, contest. Winner take all $50 free to enter. All you got to do is sub to us. Yep, so that'll be played this week on DraftKings. When you send us your screenshot, just send your DraftKings username as well so we can easily add you to the tournament. Yeah, it'll be a multi-field tournament, so not just the four-man. Um, myself, Ben, and Jared will be playing in it as well. Yeah. So try and take us down. But let's get into the slate, guys. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, you know, Early in the week, it's shaping up to look kind of like last week's slate, I think, with a lot of heavily condensed ownership, because early in the week, on Wednesday night, we already have a ton of starters who we know are going to be out. So, Emmanuel Sanders, out for the week. don't. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know we're a daily fantasy sports podcast, right? But obviously, all three of us play in redraft league, or season-long fantasy leagues, right? Mm Mm-hmm. This dude had to go and tear his Achilles in week 14, which is, if you didn't know, the playoffs in redraft. I think everybody knows that, man. Hey, I'm, I'm kind of happy because in my league, you know, I got Cortland Sutton and he's sliding right into the starting lineup. What a freaking, oh my God. I, I'm so tilted. In terms of DFS on this DraftKings slate, it's setting up to put several players in, you know, heavy ownership and heavy workloads at a cheap price. So we've got Jalen Samuels uh, potentially taking over for James Conner, who's going to be out. We have Jeff Wilson Jr. taking over for Matt Breda in San Francisco. Like I said, Cortland Sutton will probably be absorbing a ton of extra targets in Denver. So, I mean, what do you guys think so far just about these guys? Are you fading any of them? Are you eager to play any of them? Kind of indifferent. Where do we stand on on these guys who are looking like they're going to be heavy chalk in Week 14? Probably not going to play Samuels uh, just because I feel like he's going to be the most chalk out of the three. And I think there's just a bunch of better plays, honestly. He's supposed to be in a timeshare. But people are still gonna play him at thirty seven hundred, thirty eight hundred. Yeah, that's just silly. Yeah. 
37. I like Cortland Sutton. He's 4,500. Um, he's going up against a bad Niners pass defense. But you should expect Richard Sherman to cover Sutton. They might throw him on the other side since Sherman doesn't travel. But you never know. And then Jeff Wilson Jr., I kind of like him. I don't think he's a must play, though, personally. But I know a bunch of people are going to play him at 3,800. What do you think, Jared? Definitely not playing Samuels. I like Jeff Wilson Jr. a little bit. I do like Sutton a lot. I don't know. I don't I don't see why people are playing Samuels. I mean, he's going to be a starter, but, like, he's in a timeshare. With my boy Steven Ridley. Shout out to the good old Patriots days, all right? <laughs> you know, I think it makes sense why they're going to him, if you think about it, for much different reasons, obviously, but it's very similar to last week. Uh, elite starting running back gets taken out all of a sudden when we have a backup going up against Oakland. So, you know, obviously Spencer Ware was 4K and Jalen Samuels is 3.7, and it's a good matchup. But, yeah, I don't know. People don't seem to be concerned with Steven Ridley. I don't know that they should be concerned with Steven Ridley. So I just I think that Jeff Wilson Jr.'s workload is a lot more secure. I think that, you know, the 49ers are already coming out saying he's going to be their starter. We saw him get a pretty big workload last week, and Samuels had, like, what, like two touches in that game after Connor went out. Obviously, Connor got hurt late, so we didn't get to see their full game plan without him. But I, I just don't see the Steelers featuring him in the same way that, say, the 49ers are going to be featuring Jeff Wilson Jr. for only 100 more on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, I definitely would be more inclined to play Jeff Wilson Jr. But I just want to bring up a point that I heard, um, you know, from Adam Levitan himself. So obviously, we listen to other podcasts. So on his solo pod, he talked about like playing these guys, these low chalk guys, and it's basically like burning money on fire, his quote. Uh, what do you guys think? Is it you guys agree or disagree? Because I feel like this is an exact situation that you know same as you just mentioned Spencer Ware um backup gets a coming into a workload you kind of have to play him though right um yes I think that I mean so specifically he was talking about Godwin and Spencer Ware last week so um yeah, I don't I don't know. I I don't think the same thing necessarily applies to Jalen Samuel though because I just think that not only is playing him a risk when he's going to be in a timeshare as the team has stated as he knows as well, but the other running backs that you're sacrificing in your lineups is that that's an opportunity cost in and of itself. When you look at the top of the running back position this week, which we will get to soon in our position by position preview, but I just think that the running back position is so stacked this week and there's so much value in the low end wide receivers that lineup construction this week, it's almost going to be ideal for you to pay down at wide receiver, pay up at running back. And, and just by playing, I don't know, it it doesn't seem like a high ceiling play to me, but I I do, I did agree last week in that specific situation that Levitan was talking about that. Yeah. If you didn't play Spencer Ware or Godwin last week, you're just lighting money on fire. I mean, yeah, I definitely agree that, Paying up for running back is definitely the move this week. But we can get into quarterbacks if, if we're all good on the on that little chalk segment. For sure, yeah. Let's talk about quarterbacks because I think it's pretty interesting this week. Um, we have a couple high total games. We have a couple quarterbacks who are in good spots. So what are you guys looking at specifically for cash first? The question is, are you are you playing um, Josh Allen or, or what? <laughs> you know, 
first glance at the sleigh, I was kind of a disbelief that Josh Allen was only 5,500 coming off of the two games that he's coming off of, you know, after displaying the elite rushing floor that he's displaying. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lamar Jackson's price is well above Josh Allen, and Josh Allen's just a superior version of him. So I, I don't necessarily understand why Allen's only 5,500. And I do like Josh Allen quite a bit. However, um, you know, unlike last week where Patrick Mahomes was 7,600, where we didn't have Drew Brees on the slate, where Jameis Winston wasn't in such an enticing game environment, I just, I don't know. I, I think that there's some other places you can go. Yeah. Just better better games to target than the Bills game. You know, just in terms of like a raw projection, I do, I do like Josh Allen this week, and I like some of his wide receivers as well. Interesting, interesting. But who else are you looking at? Uh, you mentioned a couple guys, but who, who's... Who's your main guy this week? Well, for me personally, I'm deciding between Jameis and Pat Mahomes because Mahomes' price is completely reasonable with some of the value we have. He's 7K, and his floor-ceiling combination is just so elite. I'm not scared of this Baltimore team. You know, Mahomes at home, I'm not scared at all about that matchup at 7K. But, I mean, Jameis Winston, you're getting an $800 discount. He's going to be passing so much. He's been so good in all the games he's played. And I don't see the Bucks benching him anymore for the rest of the year. He's gone two weeks without a turnover. And they, at this point, their priority as an organization is to find out whether or not he is a viable starter for them in the future. So I don't think they're getting rid of him anytime soon. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. And just to talk about Mahomes for a minute, I know you said you're not scared of the Ravens' defense. But it is noted that the Ravens have a top five defense in the NFL. Um, yes, they are going on the road in Kansas City, which is a tough environment in itself. But this is kind of reminiscent of the Jaguars-Chiefs game where the Jaguars went into Kansas City. They lost 30-14, to but Mahomes had his lowest scoring game of the season. He was, he was 6,200 for that game, so you know they kind of put respect on the Jags defense at that point in the season, week five. But I, I think it's pretty reminiscent of that game. And personally, I think I think he'll have another uh, mediocre game. But, you know, it's Mahomes, and he's capable of putting up uh, 400 yards and five touchdowns any week against anybody. What do you think about the, uh, the Winston and Breeze? Because they're obviously in, I would say that's the marquee game of the week. Uh, the Bucks and the Saints. It's going to be the game that everyone wants to stack and target players from. So yeah, you like those two guys? Yeah, I, I love I love um both those guys. It's going to be a high scoring game, but you know I I'm looking at this and Aaron Rodgers six thousand yep, yep, at home yep. pops oh right God. off the page to me. Not even because of the coaching change. You're just getting a top two quarterback. Although he hasn't been playing like that this season, let's be real. McCarthy's fault. You're getting a top quarterback. He hasn't had home. 25 points since before week six. But, you know, McCarthy. honestly, I don't want to use a new coach thing, but I'm going to use it. All right? They got a new coach now. They're going to be motivated. You mean okay? the coach and who's been calling the same plays for the offense since <laughs> this entire year? I don't understand. I don't understand why people are anticipating a change. Like, yes, I get it. You know, Green Bay Packers, Atlanta Falcons. You know, last year that would be a game with, you know, an over fifty total. This year the total's not over fifty. These are two teams that are not in contention for the playoffs. Like, these are two teams that are out of it. One team just fired its head coach, 
in a surprise move that the organization wasn't expecting after that game. And now all of a sudden it's like we're expecting a change. Like these are two underwhelming teams. We have to be real. They are definitely two underwhelming teams. You are 100% correct. (laughs) I'm going to let the Packers fan talk about it because, you know, I think he'd be better suited. So, Jared. All right. Well, to start, do you know who calls plays in Green Bay, Ben? Uh, I don't. Enlighten me. McCarthy. Philbin? McCarthy. Okay. So, yeah, McCarthy was, McCarthy was a play caller, and it obviously wasn't working. And your point as to why not to play Aaron Jones was because Philbin, uh, McCarthy wasn't the reason Aaron Jones wasn't in there, and Philbin was, yeah, no, that's wrong. That was, that was before the podcast. Yeah. Uh, for, for the listeners, yeah. just, just some background uh, info. Aaron Rodgers is a smash play this week. He probably goes for 30. I'm going to say that right now. I agree. Um, it's going to be new play calling. Honestly, it might just be up to Rodgers to just do whatever he wants. I don't see why not. They're out of it. Might as well just let him sling it. I would. Yeah, point. but I don't, I don't know. I think I think we're going to be seeing some, uh, some offense reminiscent of the explosive Philbin days in Miami. Do you remember those? No. There were none. I mean, Philbin was the offensive coordinator in Green Bay before he left and went to Miami. And the offense was pretty lit back then. So Philbin definitely won't be the head coach going into next season. Um, no. But obviously, they're just going to roll with him. And, and, you know, the Packers have a culture over there where the star quarterback is going to do whatever he wants. Let's be real. So I completely agree where that Rodgers – will probably have full command of the offensive play calling. Obviously, he won't have command of who's physically going to be out there, but I think Philbin is going to learn from McCarthy's mistakes and obviously play his best players. There's no reason that Jamal Williams should be playing as many snaps as Aaron Jones. Jamal Williams Let's... might get seven snaps this week, straight up. I would probably less, honestly. Um, I just think it's too good of a spot, and I think – you know, they Rodgers finally got what he wanted. Obviously, known rift between Rodgers and McCarthy. Um, it was. I, I don't know. I, ju- I think it's kind of just a reach to just assume that the midseason firing of a coach is going to all of a sudden turn a team that's out of it around. I, I think that it's equally reasonable to assume that the Packers just kind of don't nah, you're improve this right. year until next year when they get a more solid organizational footing. My mindset is just like, you're getting Aaron Rodgers at six thousand. Definitely playing him over That's, Winston. It's just yeah, a better see, I don't, quarterback. I don't know about all that. He's, it's just a yeah, better he's quarterback. Way more, way more safe. Andrew Luck was Andrew Luck was a better quarterback than Winston last week too, and we made that pivot, which was the smart move. Okay, but Andrew Luck was also in a bad matchup. That's fair. Yeah, and they're both in <laughs> they're both in cake matchups, and Rodgers. I mean, they're both at home. But Rodgers at home has been proven to be complete cash. And besides in fantasy this year, no, in fantasy this entire year he hasn't been cash at home. Uh, I mean, I... 15-18, he has the 131 game against the 49ers. Other than that, 17-16-24, Rodgers home games. Okay. No, that's true. But I blame that on the Packers being just a bad team this year. And that's going to change. Let's go through this real quick. 
Chicago, he could have scored over 30. He was hurt. Minnesota, he was hurt. Buffalo, still hurt. Snapped on San Fran. Miami, Aaron Jones took over that whole game. Didn't need Rodgers. Last week was the worst play calling I've ever seen. That's what got that's what got McCarthy fired. <laughs> All right, yeah, we can we can move on off Rodgers. Um who else are you guys looking at for this week? I mean, for me the list is pretty simple. It's either going to be Winston, Breeze, Mahomes and for tournaments. I mean, I don't know. It's I think that there's some interesting games that could shoot out. Like yeah, I could definitely see the the Packers game shooting out. I just don't think it will. I could see mm-hmm. the I could see the Colts and Texans game being sort of a surprise shootout. I think both of those quarterbacks have some upside, and and low low key. I really love Baker Mayfield, and I love all the Browns this week, in in a game that I, I don't know. I really I, I just love the Browns this week. I like Baker Mayfield a lot too. I yeah. agree. Yeah, I completely agree as well, especially with the Colts Texans game. Um, both Luck and Watson are fifty nine hundred and. Uh, when they played earlier this season, it was 34-37. to 37. Luck had his best game of the year against the Texans earlier in the season. So That was Watson's best game as well. And honestly, both of them are playing better than they were early in the year. Like, literally. Yeah. like I feel like this game could be a low-owned shootout to target. And both of those guys have plenty of options to, you know, stack them with as well. I think I think it definitely will be a high-scoring game that nobody will look to just because of some of these options um, right above them. So those are definitely some uh, solid GPP plays. And then also, I just want to say, uh, if you're GPP, I mean, I want to go there and, here in cash, but GPP Lamar Jackson, hundred percent. Um, yeah, fifty-seven hundred against a terrible Chiefs defense. They're bad against the pass. They're worse against the run. And Lamar Jackson obviously has a solid rushing floor. So for 5,700, you're probably looking at a guaranteed 20 points. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. Any any love for Big Ben? I think he might have a bit of ownership this week. But, I mean, on the road it's going to be tough. But Oakland is so bad, so it makes some sense. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, he's had three straight road – or, like, actually, he's had, like, five straight road games – or five straight good road games, excuse me. No, thank you. Um, fantasy wise. Fantasy wise, yeah, yeah. No, thank you. But yeah, I mean, I don't have any interest in playing. He's a bomb. That's fair. We good to move on to running back. Yeah. The cream of the crop. Cream of the crop. Let's start right where where every lineup on DraftKings should start this week, and that is with Ezekiel Elliott is the best pure play on the board, and and I'm gonna tell you why right here. I mean, he's 8600. Okay. So the Eagles' run defense has steadily become less and less reliable over recent weeks, and their gradual decline all started with Zeke, who, frankly, I mean, he ripped this team a new asshole in Week 10. Like, I, I don't know how to say it cleanly because that's exactly what happened. And that was a game where Dallas was on the road, and they were a team that was on the cusp of falling out of the playoffs, falling out of all relevancy in 2018. Okay. But instead, they rode Zeke to victory that game. Zeke had a over 150 yards rushing and a touchdown, six catches for 36 yards, and another touchdown in that game. And since then, the Cowboys have basically taken control of their division, and they've rode Zeke straight into the middle of NFC playoff contention. 
and they're going to continue to do that. Zeke is on a wild hot streak over the last four games. Over the last four games, he's getting targeted more in the passing game than Saquon Barkley is. He's averaging six catches per game over the last four games. Uh, he has massive touchdown equity on his team. He, he's just a stone goddamn lock, Ezekiel Elliott. You have to play him in all your lineups. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, no, nah, nah, I feel like I have to play him. You, you have to. I mean, in terms of real-life football, he's basically the Cowboys' ticket into the playoffs, and they know it, and they're going to keep riding him into till the end. And and the thing is is like in the past we never had Zeke have this kind of receiving work. And now that he has that, there's there's just no reason to not play him when he's this price. Barkley's priced over him, McCaffrey's priced over him, and you're just getting a good deal. 8600. It's easy to fit this week too. I mean, I I think I think you're right. Um especially with his receiving work. He has 24 catches over the last 4 games. And he's not known as a as a receiving back, so that just adds more uh, fantasy value to Zeke. And like you mentioned, he's under Barkley and McCaffrey, who are both in great matchups. Let's let's not forget about that. That's fair. But but Camara eighty one hundred yeah. against the Bucks. Yeah. He dropped forty six on them week one, Ben. <laughs> I remember. I remember. Yeah, fire up Camara, Zeke, and Aaron Jones this week. Yeah. Um. Without Aaron Jones, that sounds pretty good. (laughs) Honestly, this week is going to come down to which running backs at the top do you pick and if they snap or not. Yeah, and and we'll talk about it at wide receiver, but I think it's completely viable to not play any wide receiver over 5,000 on this slate at all and just focus on getting these great running backs in. I mean, like you said, Alvin Kamara just completely dominated the Bucks in week one in their first matchup. And Kamara's actually coming off of a couple of slow games. He hasn't had over 20 points on DraftKings in his last three games. Somehow, like this doesn't even make sense to me. He had 11 targets and eight catches, but only 15 points on DraftKings. Like when a running back gets 11 targets and ends up with 15 points on DraftKings, like you just know they ran bad. So yeah, you know now he's coming into just an amazing matchup against this Bucks team that we know can't stop running backs to save their lives. It's like I don't know. It's wild. And Kamara, you know, more than just that week one game, he's completely owned the Bucks in his career. He scored seven touchdowns in three career games against the Bucks. Like, like just think Stone about that. Stonelock. If Kamara doesn't snap, I will sell my firstborn child. Yikes! All right. Ain't nobody want that. <laughs> <laughs> put it in the record books all right all right he's gonna snap for over 30 lock him in you think your lady would be uh you know down for that well she's gonna have to be yeah she's gonna she's gonna have to be it was set on the pod <laughs> lock him um, in so so do we all agree here that that zeke and camara are kind of the focus or, or, or one of these other I mean, top guys, McCaffrey, Barkley, Melvin Gordon, if he comes back, is obviously in a really intriguing spot. But he did not practice as of Wednesday. It's just Melvin ain't playing. How do you how do you not play McCaffrey though? That's the thing. Yeah. No, you're you're right. McCaffrey he's been on a sick tear just in terms of fantasy scoring. But you know, I, I've got a sneaky feeling that the Browns are gonna win this game. And when you look at the Panthers, especially recently, so they're allowing over 
hold up, hang on, L- let me say that differently. The Panthers are scoring over 30 points per game at home and under 20 points per game on the road. So there's a significant difference in the amount of touchdowns that the Panthers are scoring on road games like they are playing in Cleveland this week. However, Christian McCaffrey is not a player that needs to score to be fantasy relevant. Obviously, he can get there just based off catches and yards alone. So, you know, I don't know. You you, you can't really argue against CMC, but he is the most expensive uh, skill position. Uh, he's yeah. the most expensive player on the slate at 9300 which makes sense after the crazy run he's been on i just feel like you know i don't know i don't think you have to pay that that high when barkley zeke and camara are all great options for less yeah i mean that that's a valid point but like this man has had 20 catches over his last two games yeah with 10 plus rushing attempts in each of his last six um He's been absolutely snapping. Let's not forget Greg Olson just went on IR again. So that's one less passing option. True. The Browns are giving up 113 yards on the ground. Fifth worst in the in the NFL. They're giving up 5.1 catches to running backs per game. Bottom 10 in the league. Just all around, just a smash by. And like you said, they're on the road. So I think, you know, they're going to want to get it to McCaffrey. They're going to want to run the ball. You know they're gonna wanna they wanna get a, they're gonna wanna get him involved early, and at ninety three hundred, and like you've said, um, before there's so much value that you could fit these top three running backs in, Zeke Kamara McCaffrey, lock it in. <laughs> Hell, Jesus. I mean, it's 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 doable. It's difficult, but it's doable. But we haven't even mentioned Saquon Barkley, who to me is just as good of a play as all these other guys. He has three straight games over 100 yards rushing, which wasn't even his main game for the beginning half of this year. It was his receiving usage, which it's dropped slightly in the past few games, only four catches per game in his last three. But obviously, if he's getting 100 yards on the ground, he's getting the bonus. You know, he's he's a touchdown machine. I don't know, man. It's like you it's really pick your poison. But, you know, just for me, I will say that my my main targets are gonna be Zeke and Camaro in this range and I'll be sprinkling in uh, the other guys in some tournament lineups. Yeah, I mean I think it'll definitely be kinda contrarian to pay down at running back this week, um, especially for tournaments. It, but but will it though? Because you know, if we shift the conversation a bit to the lower owned guys, we kinda open the show with it, but Jalen Samuels and Jeff Wilson Jr. are both under 4K and will both probably be quite popular. You could put this anywhere. You're an idiot if you play Jalen Samuels in week 14 of DraftKings. For real. Damn. Idiot. Shouldn't even be playing DraftKings. They should take your account. Yeah. Ban it. Ban it. Don't even, don't even try, bro. Jalen Samuels. Yeah, I don't know. It's rough. He has 12 attempts on the year, but obviously that's going to happen when, you you know, there's a workhorse like Connor in front of you. But is there a ceiling there? I, I don't know. I don't get I don't get why you would have to go there. But um, I mean, there's reason because this will probably turn into a sh- uh, blowout. So it'll probably just run the ball out. But I think he's pretty touchdown dependent. Yeah, that's uh, that's possible. But to me, like especially when you're looking in this range, Jeff Wilson Jr. is only a hundred more, and we saw last week that 
they are willing to feature him as a feature back in San Francisco. He had he had nine targets and fifteen attempts in in his basically like first action. Like he was behind Alfred Morris, Matt Breida, and uh, Raheem Mozart. Not Mozart, but whatever his name is. I can never say his name. Mozart. Yeah, but yeah. but I mean they they basically showed and they don't even really have an option at this point. He's he's the last man standing, so they're gonna feature him against Denver. Um, I don't know. I it's just like I I would never play Jalen Samuels when you can have a much better play for a hundred more. I a hundred percent agree. What do you think, Joey? Between those two? Yeah, I would much rather play Jeff Wilson over Jalen Samuels. I mean, honestly, I'm probably not gonna play either of them, just because like. I'm not a fan, all right? But if I had to pick, like, like if somebody held a gun to my head and said, play one of these dudes, I'm picking Jeff Wilson, all right? That's yeah. that's my final answer. Yeah, that's a dicey situation that you put yourself in. Oh, hypothetical. Yeah. Hypothetical. Yeah. Um, so what are some other names besides these guys that you like? Uh, p- pick a name. Aaron Jones. Talk about him for a minute. You've been saying his name constantly. Yeah. Listen. Got to get those fifty-one percent of snaps in there. Listen, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be ninety percent of snaps this week. All right. If Deion Jones plays, Atlanta gets a big boost in the run game, but their passing defense versus running backs is still dreadful. It's god awful, and we've seen Aaron Jones get a ton of catches. He's explosive. I think he's what second or third in the league in yards per carry. Something like, he he actually might even lead the league. Um, every time he touches the ball, he's extremely explosive. He'll probably score this game, get a couple of catches, go over 100 yards. I hope he's alone because I'm playing him. No, I, I actually like Aaron Jones. I think also in terms of like GPPs, it's like good game theory because people are going to be off of him after he was like kind of chalky last week and burned everybody, and then. DraftKings go ahead and slaps you in the face and raises his price after disappointing his chalk like that's ballsy by DraftKings but I think it's going to make him super low owned and for all the reasons you said the upside's there look at what he's done pretty much in just the first half of games I mean the problem is is that there's four quarters in a game yeah I mean if he's putting up all those numbers in just the first half Philbin's gonna throw him in you think Rodgers is gonna let some some other old man take out his boy Ain't happening. Uh, if you Why heard not? some quotes from the Packers CEO, Aaron Rodgers is just the quarterback. He doesn't make personnel decisions or or coaching staff decisions. He he hasn't he has no input according to the CEO. Yeah, they're just okay. talking. He he was telling him sit down, Aaron Rodgers. Get back sit get down, back to your commercials, man. your insurance commercials, son. Yeah, you guys are bugging. I hope nobody plays Aaron Jones because he's gonna snap this week. I mean, the Falcons are giving up 7.8 uh, receptions per game to running backs. Yeah, and, and, and Jones is getting up, good receiving usage, too. Yeah, and they're yeah, also giving up lit. 61 receiving yards to running backs, which is third worst in the NFL. So, personally, I think that that range that he's in, like the 72 to like all the way down to probably like 59, 6,000, I think all these guys are going to be lower owned in my opinion. It's either you're paying up for the top guys or you're paying down to the chalk. Yeah, that's pretty fair. I mean, is there anybody in that middle range that you're interested in? I mean, besides uh Aaron Jones, my son uh Sony Michelle. Oh, okay. So we're just shooting off our our homer picks here today. I see what we're doing. Oh, no, nah, no. Nah. Mm-hmm. 
I want to say it's really home where um, the Dolphins are giving up yeah, okay. 117 yards on the ground. Mm-hmm. It, you know, we should note that Brady struggles in Miami. Um, it's well documented. It's not just Brady. It's the entire Patriots team who actually, I saw this little nugget today, they score about five points less than their implied Vegas team total in their last five matchups with the Dolphins in yeah. Miami. Yeah. Oh. They always play Miami very close in Miami, and you know that that smells like a recipe of running the football to me. Hmm. All right, and he gets goal line work. I mean, Michelle, don't get me wrong; he's touchdown dependent. Just because James White is there, he doesn't get receiving work. I've already said on previous episodes that he's a capable receiver, but I'm not going to get into that. Fifty nine hundred. Definitely going to be low owned. I mean, only GPP, of course. That's what I'm talking about. Let me uh, let me throw out a uh, alternative to Sony Michelle. I, I basically think that you could get Sony Michelle's usage and role and you know projected game script for about a thousand dollars cheaper in Adrian Peterson. So AP is forty eight hundred, and you want to talk about what smells like a recipe to run the football? Mark Sanchez as your starting quarterback <laughs> is, is a recipe to have no pass hey. attempts if at all possible. So I think that. The, the Redskins are going to look to give a you know give AP a lot of work in this game, and if you look back to the first matchup between these two teams, which was in New York, uh, AP snapped that week. And Joe, you may remember because you actually put me onto him, and that we had we had a little bit of tournament success that week, if I recall, with Adrian Peterson in uh, week eight. 26 attempts for 149 and a touchdown uh, 30 point game against the Giants and you know they've just been completely abysmal since trading away snacks as yeah. in their run defense yeah I don't want to be that guy but I'm pretty sure I called it on the podcast that um he was he was a good uh GPP play and he was gonna snap but that's neither here nor there but um 4800 he had a what 90 yard touchdown last week yeah he showed he still got the juice this, yeah, and then he went for uh, eight carries for eight yards after that. But <laughs> yeah. he still but, scored 15 points, and he was 4,700. Yeah, so, he, he missed practice on Wednesday, so it's something to keep an eye on. But I think if he plays, he's a good GPP pivot um, in that range. I fully expect one of these mid-range guys to be on GPP winning teams for this week. I mean, everybody's going to want to play Camaro, Zeke, Barkley, all these you know, top stud running backs, but one of these lower guys is definitely going to snap in. You know, somebody's going to have him in their lineup because that's just what people do. I could see it. Um, the only other player I would like to mention at running back is at 6,700, and that is Nick Chubb, who I think, you know, this this just kind of goes along with my theory that Cleveland wins this game. I think that Nick Chubb is going to get some heavy fourth quarter action as they're grinding away this dub that the Browns are going to secure, and yeah, I don't know, I love Chubb. He had, he had a bad game last week, but before that, he was basically just dominating touches and getting good receiving looks as well. You know, obviously, they have Duke Johnson there, but, you know, he's had at least three targets and three catches in the last three games, so um, I don't know. I think Chubb, and he, he's obviously flashed tournament winning upside just a couple of weeks ago, so you know, he'll probably be a nice, like, under 5% owned play you can shoot out in GBPs. Yeah, I mean. Anything else you guys are looking at here? Mark Ingram, Lamar Miller, going back to Spencer Ware? I mean, Mark Ingram, 5,700 is value. I mean, he's still going to get work even with Camaro, but he's coming off two bad games. 
But honestly, the Saints kind of have just played not well the last two weeks. You know, if the Saints are snapping, Mark Ingram definitely will have his fair share. So this could be a week that where you stack uh, Kamara and Mark Ingram together and sail to the money. All right, that seems like a good time to shift over to wide receivers here. So, you know, rather than starting at the top, let's start down where a lot of people are going to be interested, and that's in the value because, you know, we're going to have to be plugging in some of these value-wide receivers to fit all these elite running backs in. So, you know, you know, I was pitching my theory to the guys before we started recording. You know, I don't think that you have to play a wide receiver over 5K this week. So, you know, just some names under 5K. We got Adam Humphreys and Chris Godwin both at 4.9K. We have Cortland Sutton, who projects to be massive chalk following the Emmanuel Sanders injury at 4.5. We've got Zay Jones, who has two games over 23 DraftKings points in his last three games. Um, you know, I don't know. There, there's some options in this price range. What do you guys What do you guys see and what do you like? I love Zay Jones. I'm probably playing Zay Jones and Cortland Sutton. Might be my main two. My only concern is do you think that playing Zay Jones is like point chasing? Because I don't think any of us would have, I don't know, like would we have been on Zay Jones had he not been in tournament winning lineups with two touchdowns? Because he's not going to get two touchdowns again. But if he gets one touchdown, I mean, it's like, you know, they the Bills obviously released Calvin Benjamin and Andre Holmes, so they're committing to giving Zay Jones basically 100% of snaps, probably playing along with, you know, uh, Robert Foster and maybe a little Isaiah McKenzie, but Zay Jones will probably be the primary option out there, and he's 4,200, and the Jets are basically a wide receiver funnel, so. That's why I'm that's why I'm on Zay Jones, because of the release of Calvin Benjamin and Andre Holmes. Josh Allen had like a 43% completion percentage to uh, everybody but Zay Jones. I think they're completing almost 60% of passes to Zay Jones from Josh Allen be like Josh Allen and Cash a little bit, I'd pair him with Zay Jones. I like Zay Jones. I like Zay Jones as well. Um, you know, Joey, you're always the hardest person to sell on a Bills player. So what are you thinking this week about Zay? You know, it's a damn shame that we're discussing playing a Bills player in DFS. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. This, mother, this, this guy is trash. <laughs> Okay. Zay? Yes. Zay is Absolute trash. garbage. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. Absolute garbage. Before, two weeks ago, he didn't have a game over 12 points. Mm-hmm. Okay? 12.5 was his highest, to be exact. Dude is garbage. All right? He'd rather run around naked in his free time <laughs> than practice football. Okay? You know... And you forgot to mention the best play on the board, the best value play. If you if you want to be an absolute savage, yeah, you're gonna play Deshaun Hamilton at three thousand dollars. Oh my god! Okay, you're going to play him, what? and you're going to sell to the freaking money. Deshaun, oh. Deshaun Hamilton. He's going to take over. Emmanuel Sanders' role. Okay. That won't be Cortland Sutton? Now, Cortland Sutton has already had his own role. It'll just be increased right. a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Hamilton hasn't had a role. So he's going to be taking over Emmanuel Sanders' role. 
you know, I'm not too familiar with him since, you know, he doesn't play much. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if he's an outside or a slot receiver, whatever. It doesn't matter. He is he is a wide receiver in the NFL, though. Yeah. Tim Patrick's a slot receiver, I thought they said. You know, screw Tim Patrick. We're playing wow. Deshaun Hamilton at 3,000, mm-hmm. okay? And he had a season high in snaps last week, I'm pretty sure. I mean, he didn't have a catch, all right? But we're not going to look at that. Or a target. <laughs> okay. You know, fun fact, he had the most snaps out of any wide receiver last week for the Broncos. Interesting. He didn't have a target, but that all changes this week. Didn't have a target, played the most snaps. It doesn't add up. <laughs> it doesn't add up. He's, he's a really good blocking wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> he's really good at contributing zero fantasy points. Play him. Uh, you guys are being – so – Oh my! You'd rather play Zay Jones? Yeah, I would play. I'd rather play Robert scrub. Foster for thirty three hundred. You think we don't know what this Hamilton kid could do? You bro, we gotta so give him a you chance. You think Hamilton's better than Zay Jones? I'll take the twelve hundred discount. Wow. Hope for the best. Wow. L- let me tell you. Let me tell you a little something. What? In week ten, against the New York Jets, the Bills laid down a full fledged molly whopping to this okay. to this pathetic yeah. team. Now. If you go and scroll through the game log of one Robert Foster at 3,300, in that week you will find that he had 16.5 DraftKings points at his $0 salary. <laughs> that is quite, that's quite possibly the highest point per dollar play of all time on DraftKings. At now, 16. <laughs> you can go back and see that he was basically priced at 3K every other week of the season, but for some reason... In week 10, DraftKings dropped his price to $0, and he completely snapped. So um, against this very same team, we're getting a rematch in Buffalo. Uh, I, I love I love me some Robert Foster. Now, yeah, you're paying more than $0, which seems like kind of a scam, but uh, I'm willing to pay for the tournament winning upside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my man's was really $0. They went full disrespect they didn't he, care yeah that that is that's some that's some next world disrespect um you know what else was disrespectful though is last week when the refs took away that 76 yard touchdown from my man antonio callaway who was on on a pace to build a pretty good uh you know two game streak of just doing pretty well in fantasy and i think antonio callaway against this carolina secondary you know it's a, it's a GPP option in terms of value because you're going to get them at way lower ownership than some of these other chalky low price guys. And, you know, it just goes with my uh, my Baker Mayfield play. So I like Callaway. All over the Browns this week, huh? Yeah, yeah, I got a feeling. But, um, I mean, you know, other pivots include Mike Williams, Chris Conley, if, if Sammy sits again. Uh, you know, A.J. Green is out for the season, so John Ross is going to be getting his snaps. He doesn't really do much. For the Cincinnati, you know, offense, except for score the occasional touchdown. And, no, it's not usually going to be, like, a long touchdown. It's going to be, like, a two-yard touchdown from John Ross for whatever reason. You know, ignore his combine-breaking speed and just use him as a red zone weapon. Seems like a smart way to, to coach in the NFL. But, um, you know, what do I know? Yeah, shout-out to Marvin Lewis. Shout-out to him. So, Moving up a bit from these, you know, bottom of the barrel guys. Uh, from these scrubs that we're talking about playing in DraftKings because, you know, that's what we do in 2018. The reports today say that, you know, even though Deshaun Jackson 
is not necessarily severely injured, he might be done for the year. The Bucks are looking at just shutting him down. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that news broke before Sunday that he was on IR. So uh, we have Humphreys and Godwin squarely in play. This time there's no price difference. They're both 4,900. And, you know, I don't know. It, it's it's a pick em to me because in the three games that – Deshaun Jackson has missed with the Bucks. Godwin hasn't had less than, what is it, 96 yards in, in those games? No, he hasn't had under 98 yards in the three games that G, that Djax has missed with the Bucks. However, Adam Humphreys is second in team targets in all of the games that Jameis has started for the Bucks this year. So I think there's a reason to play both of them. Do you guys have a feeling one way or the other? Personally, would probably lean Chris Godwin. I don't know. I just think he has more upside than Humphreys. If I had to, if I had to choose, Jared, I like Humphreys a little more. Um, I like how many targets he gets, and I feel like he'll be able to eat the slot alive this week. Not not a fan of the Saints defense. That that turnaround didn't happen like I expected. But Godwin has a more more like the higher ceiling. I feel like I think Humphreys score around fifteen points but he's not someone I'm looking for in cash. So where 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 are your uh, cash liens, Jared? Zay Jones and Cortland Sutton right now. I haven't really figured out that three yet because I haven't figured out my third running back yet. Yet. You know, when you look at wide receiver, somewhat like running back this week, there's kind of like a dead space in between that 4,900, and I feel like all the way until you get up till – you know, the, the 7K range. Like, I don't know. I mean, do you guys see anybody in that range you're interested in? Like, you know, DJ Moore, Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon. I don't know. None, none of these guys are really standing off the page to me. Oh, nah. Listeners, don't play any of the dudes between uh, 5K and 7K. All right? Don't play any of them. If you yeah. like mo- if you like money, that's, you know, some people don't some people don't like money. So. Yeah, some yeah. people are weirdos. If you don't like money, I would definitely recommend playing, uh, you know, Jarvis Landry, Tyler Boyd, um, you know, Kenny Galladay. If you absolutely despise money and you just want to give it away, you play Kenny Galladay. On the flip side, though, if, if you're one of those people who enjoy, you know, a nice, a nice little bit of green, Keenan Allen, 7.4K on DraftKings.com. Um, I'm confused by this pricing. It seems like he's at least a thousand too cheap, or it's just like they priced him like at the very, very top of the mid range instead of in the high range with these other guys. I don't know why he's coming off of a 19 target game. Like I don't understand what DraftKings saw in that in that 39 point DraftKings performance that was like, yeah, let's let's keep him at 7.4. Like what? I mean that that was a late game, so. They don't really. Account oh, for that. you're right. You're right. I forgot about that. But that was the late game. your points are still valid. He is coming off a 19 target game. <laughs> this man went for 40 points, and he's 74, 7400 going up against the worst defense in the NFL right now at home. Facts. Yeah. Um. He he had a 52.8 percent target share last week on his team. 52.8 percent of the targets. That's the most uh of a single player this entire season. Bro, DraftKings needs to needs to give me some more salary so I can play. Uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. To me, the choice, and we'll get to this uh, in a moment. It's 
are you going to want to play two of the the lower wide receivers and Keenan Allen or would you like to play Travis Kelsey and or Zach Ertz and then you know punt with all three of your wide receiver spots because I think both are viable um we'll talk about Kelsey and Ertz pretty soon but um you know I don't know I think both are pretty viable options besides Keenan who's an obvious amazing amazing play this week who do you guys like in the top tier wide receivers I like Mike Evans and yeah. what's going to be a shootout. Yeah. yeah. You can't go wrong with getting um, players that are going to be in a high-scoring environment. can never go wrong. So Same with Devontae you could, Adams. Yeah. You could, you could throw Michael Thomas in there as well, who better freaking play. Or I'm literally going to snap. Yep. Thomas, much like Kamara, completely decimated the uh, – you know, the Bucks in their first go around week one, he had seventeen targets for sixteen catches, one eighty and a touchdown. Like absolutely 40, killed yeah. them. So eighty six hundred, he's priced up for it. But yeah, Thomas is obviously a smash play, although you will have to monitor his um, you know, practice throughout the week because he was held out Wednesday with an ankle injury. Um and cool. I, I would like to throw out uh DeAndre Hopkins just if you think that like we said earlier, if you think that that game could be a sneaky shootout, you know, Nuke is only 7,800, yeah. and he has the upside, and he hasn't had the production lately, so uh, you'll He's probably get pretty low ownership. He's definitely due for one of those monster Nuke Hopkins games. Yeah. Same with Julio. 7,900 could be a shootout. Um, Getting steady targets. He just had a bad game against the Ravens. Uh, tough yeah, defense. He's due, to so. He's due to snap. Before that, he had... Um, like six straight games of going over 20 plus on DraftKings. So can't go wrong, but definitely the move this week is definitely going to be paying down. And then I'll probably sprinkle Keenan Allen in there just because the matchup is incredible. Playing three basically punt wide receivers, I don't want to spread myself too thin at wide receivers. So I'll probably go with having the one elite wide receiver in there and then whatever happens in the flex happens. I like it. Yeah. Um, and you know, whatever happens, happens has kind of been our attitude towards tight ends this entire season on DraftKings, right? I mean, it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, five catches for 50 yards. If I could get that 10 points, I'm lit in cash games. But, you know, with all the value, like, I think it's pretty reasonable if you'd like to play to pay up for Kelsey or Ertz, who are both just incredible, incredible plays this week. Um, you know, I saw from, Roto World today that you know if you took regular PPR scoring Travis Kelsey would be the wide receiver six this year uh, just in terms of his his fantasy production and he's at 6700 and there's like you know like 12 wide receivers priced ahead of him so I mean you'd be getting such a high high just floor ceiling in a versatile position like tight end and Kelsey's coming off a crazy game as well as we know you know averaging 14 targets over the last two games um, they've been leaning on him heavily with Sammy Watkins out and the the spot to target on the Ravens is through their tight ends um, the Ravens are not by any stretch an elite tight end defending defense they're one of only four teams allowing a full touchdown or more per game over the last four games to tight end, and they're pretty much middle of the league in terms of yards allowed. And Kelsey is the best tight end in the league this year, I'll just say it. So, um, I don't know, $6,700, it's a, it's a fair price. But 
Yeah, you know, I agree that Kelsey is a great play every week in all formats. But, like, I don't know if I could just, you know, I don't know if I could click that button, honestly. Click it. Don't know. What, what's the worst that could happen? You're right. <laughs> He's got, I mean, yeah, no, I, I feel you. But, like, who who else are you going to play? David Njoku? Like, Vance McDonald, 3,800. Uh, see, that that's the problem. It's like... You're just hoping. He's had consistent targets. It's just like, you know, like you said, you're just hoping to get the 10 points with guys like these. Um, whereas Kelsey, you're probably going to get over 20. But this week is, you know, kind of tough, especially if you want to pay up for three running backs, you're definitely not playing Kelsey. I'll just say that right now. Yeah. Um, but if you want to play two high running backs and then Kelsey, that's definitely manageable. More than manageable. Yeah, and and Ertz is just as good of a play. Shit, Eric Ebron is just as good of a play if we if we want to be real. That's facts. Uh, yeah, I suppose. I, He's I don't a think a thousand cheaper, and he gets the same like target share, especially with Doyle out. Dude had sixteen targets last yeah, game. Yeah, ten catches. Yeah, he didn't score, which he usually does. So that's kind of an anomaly. And he's also playing Houston, who is terrible against tight ends and has been terrible over the last couple of weeks, giving up big plays to tight ends in damn near every game that they've played. I don't know. Maybe it's my old Lions bias coming back. But I just feel like Ebron is not the same caliber of player as Ertz and oh, Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. And but I just feel like, yeah, no, for fantasy it's true. I just don't know if he has – the same accessibility to his ceiling. He does have the one game over 30 points this year, but only one. Whereas, you know, Kelsey has his last two games. Both of his last two games are over 30. And I think he has more than just those that have gone yeah. over for 30 on DraftKings. I mean, you know, we saw Zach Ertz, who is playing the Cowboys this week, have 14 catches for 145 yards and two touchdowns against the Cowboys in week 10. Put up 43 points on DraftKings in the same matchup. So, um, And he's cheaper in that matchup if we're just going uh exactly so i don't that. i don't know like i feel like you could play either of these guys however um you know it's it's more traditional to play somebody less expensive in cash so you threw out vance mcdonald is there anybody else you like i i mean i have some interest in njoku but i can't play every brown nah just vance that's it i'm staying at the top two top two yeah that's that's safe i like that range as well um you know, Joey, specifically, do you think in the year 2018, in week 14, does Robert Gronkowski still have tournament-winning upside? As long as he's out there, he has tournament-winning upside. Okay. But he's just this been, is a this is an amazing matchup. He's the, just been the Dolphins are terrible. injuries. I mean, obviously, he's getting old, and he's pretty much injury-prone at this point. I mean... Granted, some of the injuries in his career haven't really been his fault, like getting a helmet to the knee from T.J. Ward and tearing his ACL. I don't blame that on Gronkowski. Okay, I don't consider that injury prone, getting a freaking helmet straight to your kneecap. I think most people are going to have some injuries uh, off that. But great matchup, always tournament winning upside with Gronk. He's 4,800. Like the price and the matchup stand out so much to me, but it's just like – I don't he know. just hasn't done it this season. Yeah, he he had one good game in in week one where he had seven for one twenty three and a touchdown. And basically, other than that, his 
his he hasn't gone over 15 points all year so and he has been limited in practice as well um i mean seven for the playoffs basically yeah. at this point yeah i mean even if we get us a, a slightly less effective version of gronk the patriots are 100 times more effective when he's on the field he definitely can snap but do i see it happening probably not if i'm gonna be honest all right um dst everybody's favorite position uh we obviously advocate the old scroll and roll it's a viable strategy on a week-to-week basis but um what what are your where are your eyes going when you open the dst tab this week lions or bills see you're on the wrong side of that game jared you play the cardinals at 2300 you sail to the money yeah, I I, uh, I like the Cardinals. Cardinals twenty three hundred pay but down. I don't really don't really need to save the money there. I mean, there's it's so always good though. Yeah, I know, but so much value everywhere else that I'm fine with paying twenty eight, twenty nine for the Lions. I mean, that is still cheap. Um, yeah. It is. I mean, I I also love the Bills, and we've been saying it a couple times now, waiting for this, you know, Sam Darnold and the pick sixes that he brings with him to come back. But I think this week it's actually happening. Like, you know, they're done tiptoeing around. Darnold's going to be back this week. So love the Bills at, at 3,200. Also, you know, got to stay on brand for this show. 2,200, the Browns. Um, I like the Browns D this week. If they win that game... I think that they might, uh, you know, lay a smackdown on Cab. Okay, okay. Screw you. I don't know. I hate this Uh, shit. Yeah, other than that, it's like, I really don't know. Maybe, like, in GBPs, if you think that everyone's going to be wrong with this Saints game, just take a shot on the Saints because they've actually been, like, putting up some nice defensive numbers. Seven sacks against Dallas, six sacks in the game before that. They have three straight games of 13 points or more on DraftKings. Like, I don't know. You know, it's it's well within the range of outcomes for a full-blown Jameis Winston meltdown. So, um, you know, I just it's think that, <laughs> honestly, you like just shoot some Saints out there in your GPPs because that could very, very easily happen. You know, four interceptions, two pick sixes, just. It's always a possibility when he comes out under center. Definitely, definitely. Um yeah, anything else? Are we good to give some stacks out here? Yeah, I think I think we can move on to stacks. Just pick a random defense and hope for the best. Joey, why don't you kick us off with a low-owned tournament-winning stack? All right, I got you. Like we mentioned before, the Colts-Texans game is going to be a sneaky shootout. So, honestly, you could go with Luck or Watson, but I would probably um, I would go with uh, – Deshaun Watson and uh, New Hopkins at because they're at home. You know I like I like Ty if you want to bring it back, uh, but I would just stick with Watson and Hopkins this week, or Luck and Ty. I'll get I'll give the I'll give the listeners two options. That's fair. That's fair. What What about you, Jared, for a for a stack? Josh Allen, Zay Jones. Okay, someone boot this man off the podcast. <laughs> no, I, I I like it. I like it a lot, actually. I I would say just go down even cheaper, save that nine hundred, and play uh, Robert Foster and Josh Allen. Y'all might games. as well throw out all your gear, throw out the Packers and Lions gear, go to Wegmans, and buy <laughs> some Bills gear because you guys are Bills fans. Nice uh, nice regional ref there. The people won't really understand what that is. Wegmans, I mean, unless you're real, then you know. 
yeah if yeah. you know you know yeah for sure if you know you know but um, yeah y'all might as well just do that after this uh recording is done yeah i mean i don't know it's not really a team thing it's just you know real recognize real and that's what i see when i look in josh allen's eyes um for me i think a nice a nice stack with some tournament winning upside i agree jared's is very viable to go with that josh allen stack but i think uh you know it's pretty obvious where my head is at if you've been listening to the show. I'm, I'm, you know, you want to play Christian McCaffrey, but he's going to be high, high owned, right, in tournaments. So how do you get some low ownership? You throw him in there in a game stack with somebody that no one's going to play. That's going to be Baker Mayfield to Antonio Callaway. Bring it back with CMC, and sail to the money. It's clear as day. Clear as the day sky, no clouds. But you know that's going to be it for us on the Week 14 preview show for the DFS dose. So, um. You know, go to our Twitter if you're still listening. Uh, we talked about it on the top of the show. We're going to be running a contest this week, so that'll be pinned to the front of our Twitter. So hop on over, retweet, subscribe to us on iTunes, and uh, you'll have a chance to win $50 playing against us on DraftKings this week at no entry fee for yourself. So, you know, free opportunity there. Yeah, you know, so it's, it's only $50. You know, it might not be that much to some people out there, but, you know, it's free. And, you know, just why not? Why not? You know? Live life on the edge a little. Exactly. Hit that retweet button. Retweet, subscribe. That's it. It's that simple. So, as always, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Same handle across all platforms at the DFS Dose. You can follow my personal Twitter at Ben Hover, B-E-N-H-A-U-V-E-R. Guys, tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, wherever, at Joey Carrion. You can find me at Jared underscore underscore Marcus. All right, guys. Good luck this week, and uh, get on that, uh, that Josh Allen money train. Just leaving the station.